Moses came down from the hill Holding the rules in his hand Looked all around Suddenly found No one was listening Now it's time to throw down So throw down A throw down We'll throw down Throw down Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Nearfall Radio. You can find it at buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. Also, you can find it on the iTunes store. Be sure to search Nearfall Radio on the iTunes store. Uh, remember to subscribe and review five stars or GTFO. My name is Landon Doan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, if you will, Y2Justin, Justin Krutzinger. How you doing today, buddy? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm always happy when we fire up the Nearfall Radio Studios, and I think we've got a good show on tap, so I'm pretty excited about it. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm going to echo your sentiment there. It's always exciting whenever we can light up that special red recording light here in the palatious Buttmanship Studios because they are obscenely expensive, remember, because, <laughs> you know, we have a budget, or at least we used to have a budget. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we blew it all on that big red light. Exactly. I mean, it's it, it's a really nice light, to be fair. It is cool. It's actually the red light that used to follow around Kane in his promos back in the day. So <laughs> that is that is why it was so expensive. But it's still a cool light, let's be honest. It really is. <laughs> so since the last time Justin and I have joined you, we have had uh, not only WWE SummerSlam, uh, NXT TakeOver the night before, and then a couple Raws and SmackDowns in between that. And I got to say, Jay is a, is a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling. The last couple weeks have been pretty, pretty good. WWE has set the bar high for themselves and continue to hit those high marks, in my opinion. Uh, thoughts coming out of SummerSlam, by the way. I did win our predictions 8-6, to six, so oh, uh, yeah, bow yeah. down to it. All hail to the king. Yeah, baby. rub it in. Continue to rub <laughs> it in. Enjoy your victory while it lasts, sir. Hey, I'm here to get over, man. Well, in this case, you got it. And uh, I will say, I have enjoyed the the product that we've received over the last couple of weeks and i thought SummerSlam was an enjoyable show there were some surprising things that happened obviously i only called it 50 percent right so they surprised me in a lot of ways <laughs> maybe less than 50 percent um yeah well I, I was gonna say like i'm not gonna get into the numbers but yeah well i am an accountant let's remember so <laughs> um the other thing i did though you know going into SummerSlam, we talked about how i wasn't quite as plugged into nxt as maybe i should be and and you wanted to talk more about the show but i didn't have that much to add I went back since then, and I watched the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, and um, man, that was a good show. There was some really entertaining wrestling going on. Um, it's a good product. They've got some interesting characters and like really interesting kind of innovative moves going on, and it was fun. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you went back and checked out the NXT TakeOver special because like... I just want to talk about Adam Cole super kicking Ricochet when he did that in ring like uh, Asahi moonsault. Yeah, it was. That was amazing. Like my jaw was literally agape for like ninety seconds after that happened. Me watching, like, th- like that was a holy shit moment. It really was, and it was one of those that I mean, his aim had to be perfect. Oh my because god, he yeah. could have he could have <laughs> really hurt him, but man, he nailed it, and uh, that was awesome. But you know. Just top to bottom, it was enjoyable. Like, I, I'll i be honest, going in, I didn't know anything about Mustache Mountain. And 
I look at <laughs> I look at the and I think they have a funny name, but I look at those guys and I'm like, all right, well, they can go. Yeah, they they really can. I mean, that was some good tag wrestling that was on display in that match against uh, the uh, undisputed, undisputed era. era. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which I'm a big fan of what the undisputed era is doing. Like they might be the most over like stable in the WWE, and and they're supposed to be heels, but man, that NXT crowd loves the hell out of Adam Cole and company. Yeah. Excuse me, Adam Cole, Bay Bay and company. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it was good, and then I really enjoyed the Velveteen Dream and EC3 match. Oh, I love the Dream. Yeah, that was fun, and. I like that he had the call me up Vince. Call me up Vince, yep. <laughs> which, according to some reports, he might have gotten some heat from that backstage. Mm. Which is which is unfortunate because I mean, like, I would think if I was the WWE, I would want these young guys. Like, not only am I going to grab the brass ring, I'm going to grab the brass ring and put it on my finger, and it's mine now. Exactly. And, and and I view that as that's exactly what Velveteen Dream is doing. And remember, this guy's like only 21 years old. Yeah, I mean. Okay, you don't want a guy who's got, like, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of swagger, maybe an ego. That's exactly what you want. Like, get yes, him, get this him is professional there. wrestling. Like, like <laughs> um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Macho Man Randy, Ric Flair yeah. all had swagger for days. Ric Flair has a rap song out about his swagger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I felt like it was perfect. I And anyway, what... How could he have gotten those tights made without somebody knowing about it? But anyway, that's that's another story. But I will say this, like going in, the only match that I really had any insight into going into the NXT Brooklyn uh, event was the Kyrie Sane and, and Shayna Blazer match. So that might oh, not yeah, be a surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- th- that is kind of your wheelhouse, it is. as we've established. It is, but you know, I Kyrie Sane... I don't know what I think so much about the pirate princess. Um, the, the character to me is a little bit silly. Um, she embraces it. I mean, totally. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but man, that the wrestling was good. It was a fun match. I, I'm su- actually kind of surprised that Sane won. So um, and, and anyway, I, it's growing on me. The character's growing on me a bit, but I think she wins me over more with the the wrestling. Yeah, I, w- I will agree with you. The whole, you know, pirate princess character is kind of like, okay, this is silly. But like you said, whenever she gets in the ring and she performs, you have to be impressed with what she does. She might have the best elbow off the top rope in the business today. Yeah, she's good. She's good. So anyway, that on top of the SummerSlam that we got and then, you know, the Raw and SmackDown that followed, it's it's it was a great four days of wrestling and and things have kind of kept up in the following week as well so i just just quickly i know we were just kind of gonna touch on it briefly but what would what was your favorite match of SummerSlam? Ooh, favorite match of SummerSlam. hmm i've got two questions that's the first one if okay, you, you uh, want to think about that we can come back to it i'm gonna go the match that comes off the top of my head first is going to be that Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler match. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that match, but I mean, it's like, is that surprising that I, that we're talking about Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler having the match of the night? It was good. I, well, you know, I, I think we might've mentioned it was a candidate for us going in. So I also enjoyed the new day in the bludgeon bros. I mean, like uh, the, the DQ ending was kind of a surprise, but I really thought, especially Xavier Woods, 
they freaking brought it. That was a fun match. That was a good match. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that too. Um, it, for me, I think I would probably go, and maybe it was just from my excitement because I told you we were watching this and we were texting each other as we were enjoying the event live together. I had never seen the demon character. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I didn't know the demon existed, and I know it wasn't necessarily a great match because it was really one-sided. But for me, that was super exciting, and I really liked the Finn Balor and Constable Corbin match. And I love the I love the demon. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, that was that was a sweet, like you said, a sweet time to break out the demon character for Finn Balor. And I think like as the character, that's just like look. I'm tired of this. We're ending this. And that would have been a perfect way to end the feud, but uh, as we're going to get into, uh, it seems like this is the feud that's never going to end, but I loved seeing Demon Balor show up at SummerSlam, and especially with the uh, with the uh, augmented reality graphics they use on the pay per views, yeah. where they where it had like the the sky from like Ghostbuster Two. <laughs> that was awesome. That was really cool. Uh, <laughs> but for me, the match of the night ended up being the Miz and Daniel Bryan because mm. because they literally just beat each other in the hammer. Like just straight up punching, potatoing punch, each other, punching chops and the kicks. They were both like bruised up across the chest and just just rigid. They just looked. They were lacerated. Like they, they were. They worked stiff yeah. or snug, however you want to call it. Yeah. Like that. Like that one point where Daniel uh, Bryan grabs Miz by the throat and then just slap. God, that was so, like I love seeing that fire in Daniel Bryan, and it does seem like. Well, obviously, they're setting it up uh, at Hell in the Cell. We're getting a mixed tag match between Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. and uh, Brie Bella taking on Miz and Maurice. I love the fact that, like we said, this is just one chapter in this epic saga. This yeah. th- this was not a resolution at all, and I'm super excited to see where this goes forward. Yeah, me too. Okay, other question I was going to ask you. What was your biggest surprise of SummerSlam? It would have to be the Braun Strowman-Kevin Owens match. Yep. Me because too. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're right there. We both picked Kevin Owens to win this match by hook or by crook. We thought Braun Strowman was like going to throw him into a taxi cab in Times Square or something and get himself <laughs> disqualified, and then Kevin Owens would you know wheel himself out and cash in his money in the bank. And wow, um, uh, interesting couple of weeks for the character of Kevin Owens, uh, and we'll get to uh, yeah. that here in a second, but. I was stunned. Not only did Kevin Owens lose, he got squashed. Like yep. he got in maybe one offensive move. Yeah, he got a super t- kick. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. And then at the end of the night, we didn't get a cash in, which I'm, which I was kind of surprised the way it went down initially. But I don't hate the way it went down now that I look back on it. And it's like I actually thought it was kind of smart the way it played out, especially from Brock Lesnar's standpoint, where Braun Strowman is just standing there, and he sees Braun Strowman on the outside. And he goes and just kicks the shit out of him for a little bit. <laughs> then, you know, chucks the uh, money in the uh, oh, yeah. bank br- briefcase into, like, the Hudson. So we know we're not going to get a cash in tonight. It's like, I, looking back, I thought that was a pretty decent way to play that out. And, you know, they finally got uh, what they wanted. They got Roman standing tall with a championship at the end of one of the big four uh, pay-per-views. They did. Um, I was confused about what was happening at the very end of it because – 
after Roman had officially won, he's got the belt. I know Strowman is laid out, but I'm like, okay, well now gonna get up, is, right? is this gonna? Are they doing this now, or like what's happening? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of looking around. It's like you're waiting for that graphic to pop up in the uh, bottom left uh, hand of the, yeah. the screen to let you know that the broadcast is over. But you're like, no, there's still time. There's still time. Come on, let's do this. Yeah, but, oh, but there it, is. it just ended. Um, yep. So that I think that whole thing was like my surprise of the evening. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was I was really thinking the same thing because I, I just did not see it going down that way. Um, but there you have it. There, I, I was surprised by the amount of um, I guess kind of fast matches because I feel like there were several. But it was a stacked card, and I guess they didn't want to go all night. So, um. mm-hmm. well, I mean, and, and they were already running the risk of running all night because we talked about in our pre-show there were thirteen matches on this card if you include the pre-show, and I mean like what it had a quote-unquote special start time of 7 Eastern, but I mean, like, the pre-show started at 5. Yeah. And and I think the first match was at 6. So, I mean, they had five hours of wrestling, so I mean, thir- I mean, with all the vignettes built in and entrances and stuff like that, I mean, there are going to be some matches that have to, you know, be those you know, just two, three-minute matches. But yeah, I was kind of surprised at a card you know, quote-unquote, one of the big fours, uh, like Survivor Series, I was kind of surprised that there were so many short matches. Yeah. But but it ended up working out. I mean, it kept the show <laughs> yeah. going and everything. And it did. I, I I like the pacing of the show. I thought it was a I thought it was a fun show. Like I said, this has been a good couple of weeks for for the WWE. Yeah. So there you go. I, I'll hand it back to you now. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and talk about the uh, last couple of weeks since SummerSlam. We've mentioned him previously and how it's been um, some interesting uh, couple of raws for Kevin Owens. He Obviously got squashed at SummerSlam. Um, then this past Monday on Raw, he answered Seth Rollins' Intercontinental Open Challenge, which, by the way, that was one of the best matches I've seen on television in a long time. I know it's going to, you know, we're starting to sound like a record saying that Seth Rollins is just amazing on television, but it's like he and Owens put on just an amazing matchup on Monday. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I mean, I think... I, at risk of, of sounding like a, a broken record, Rollins just every time he brings it every night and and gives us all. And that was another example. And Kevin Owens, I mean, obviously he, he's willing to get the crap beat out of him and, and sacrifice his body for a good match. And it was fun to watch. It really was. And I'll be honest, I thought there were there were some times when uh, KO was going to pull that match up. Match out and steal the IC title from Rollins. I mean, he broke out the stunner, which is something we don't see him do often. Uh, he went for his, uh, you know, little jump flip moonsault, which is actually what led to uh, his downfall. But at the same time, he was pulling out all the stops. And this is like Kevin Owens continues to prove, like, we talk about how great Seth Rollins is in the ring. Kevin Owens is just right there with him. Yeah, he's a performer for sure. He is. And we come back from commercial break and Kevin Owens is still sitting in the ring and utters two words. I quit. Drops the mic and walks out. So we're now like shoulder shrug. We go from, you know, three weeks ago. This is a guy that was that that we both thought was going to take Braun Strowman's money in the bank contract and cash in at SummerSlam to now being, quote unquote, out of the company. Um, What? Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's an interesting turn for the story. I mean, and it wasn't that long ago that he was fired. So 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he and Sami Zayn got fired. Yeah. And, and and they showed up on Raw. They didn't get their jobs back. And then the next week, Stephanie McMahon's like, ah, screw it. Yeah. So <laughs> this, <laughs> this guy's in and out of the WWE as much as Brock Lesnar. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's, 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 I don't know what they're doing with it. We'll see. Um, you know, from a story standpoint, it'd have to be frustrating to be Kevin Owens. You know, you just got your butt handed to you by Strowman. You come back, you know, give your all with a chance to win that Intercontinental title, and it doesn't work out. And he's just frustrated, throws his hands up. I'll tell you this. He's being a bit of a drama queen. Let's just put oh, it out there. He's a prize fighter. You leave him alone. <laughs> but uh, He even mentioned in his promo he misses his best friend, Sami Zayn. Oh. He even said, like, how, how things would be different if, if Sami was there. Yeah, well, so I don't know. I... It'll be it'll be interesting to see what's going on. I guess he needed a vacation. Hey, you know what? He likes Walt Disney Park, so maybe he and his lovely family can go visit some of uh, Walt Disney's fantastic properties. By the way, shout out to Monday Morning Monorail at uh, Monday <laughs> Monorail on Twitter. Morning, morning Monorail. That morning Monorail. Like, dude, your Twitter handle is the worst. Well, there aren't enough letters <laughs> to put it all in. Fair enough, so. fair enough. But shout out to that podcast. But yeah, I wouldn't blame him if he did Absolutely. That. I mean, <laughs> he, and he just recently signed a five-year contract. So, I mean, like, he's going to be getting paid regardless. Exactly, yeah. So, it was a surprise, and we'll see where they go with it. I, I don't know. I guess maybe he'll – maybe Stephanie McMahon will go call him up and be like, but, but Kevin, I pulled so many strings for you. And plus, she's going to need backup anyway because Ronda won't stop beating her up. Yeah, seriously. Oh, by the way, yeah, since uh, since we last recorded, uh, Ronda Rousey not only won the uh, WWE Raw Women's Championship, then slapped Stephanie McMahon in an armbar the very next night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny promo. Uh, that whole situation was funny. Stephanie, you know, in the ring trying to do this presentation to Because Ronda. remember, Congrats. Stephanie McMahon created women's professional wrestling. She did, and she's congratulating her for winning the title. But basically, the whole presentation was about Stephanie McMahon, and that that was that was funny. That was good. I mean, it's like I I'm curious where it's going. Are we going to see another situation of Ronda and Stephanie lock up in the ring? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's it. They're building to that again. I mean, like our. Is, is is that something we're really clamoring to see? I mean, like, story-wise, story it might be cool, but is a one-on-one Ronda Rousey versus Steph- Stephanie McMahon matchup, is that doing anything for you? No, not really. Well, maybe it could just be one of those angles where, um, you know, Stephanie just starts basically throwing her to the wolves, putting her in, you know, handicap matches, trying to, you know, trying to punish That's her. That's a possibility, yeah. And it goes that and, way. And, and that, that would be a good way to continue to get Ronda over is that, uh, you know, uh, hard-nosed baby face that, you know, it, uh, is able to answer all the challenges of the authority or whatever you want to call Stephanie McMahon or Constable Corbin, his his crew, whatever. Maybe they could have a match where Stephanie McMahon is like the special guest referee and, uh, and Ronda beats whoever it is to a pulp that she's fighting in that match and then breaks Stephanie's arm in the process. Yeah, because Stephanie won't won't count or do it to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that, but I mean, it's like um, uh, we do have reports that at Evolution, it's going to be Ronda Rousey taking on Nikki Bella, which I know a lot of people on the internet are really down on this. I'm not as down on it as a lot of people. I think the Bellas, particularly Nikki, have improved in ring vastly from where they started. So I think this could be a fun match, but at the same time, I'm not exactly sure this is a matchup, again, going back to what I said about Stephanie McMahon, I don't know if this is a matchup that I 
necessarily wanted. I think I'd rather see, you know, like Sasha Banks take on Ronda Rousey or Pell Natalia take on Ronda Rousey or yeah. Mick James take on Ronda Rousey. Right. Yeah, it's not one that's going to move the needle too much. It's not going to it's not going to make Ronda look any better for for winning against Heck, what about Trish Stratus yeah. versus Ronda Rousey? Yeah, something like that. Put her up against a legend. Um, you know, but I I guess they just, you know, they they needed to slot names in and maybe it just kind of landed this way. Um, uh, but I I don't know. It is kind of puzzling. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the legendary Trish Stratus, uh, we had a surprising return of her this past Monday when she interrupted uh, Elias and uh, stopped him from bagging on Toronto. And he had some pretty damn good lines. I'm not going to uh, no sell on Elias, but it was it was it was cool to see Trish Stratus back. Yeah, yeah it was it was a nice return. And uh, man, did she lay a smack on him. Oh, <laughs> just like oh, cold cocked. Him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with her with her ring hand <laughs> but I mean like I said he had a line which was just killer oh sorry babe I don't date chicks in their 60s yeah oh Elias oh, yeah. from downtown <laughs> Elias is always fun I, I like his routine I, I enjoy how he goes out you know it, it sounds like he's buttering up the crowd and then he just lays them out you know yep. <laughs> blindsides them with with all na- all the nasty comments that he can come up with but uh so that was fun and then and then to get to see um trish come out and respond to that was was fun too so um yeah good to see her back in the ring yeah, it is, and especially, um, like we mentioned previously, she is going to be working at Evolution. I'm hoping we see her on TV on a somewhat regular basis leading up to Evolution, because it's just cool to see Trish Stratus on, on my TV again. It is, it is. And uh, Elias is one of my favorite people to see get slapped, so more of that, <laughs> more of that, and I'm good with it. Yeah, it's like, I am curious how long they're going to be able to go with this iteration of the Elias character, because, I mean, like... Once push comes to shove, I mean, yeah, he has picked up some victories, but here recently he's just been kind of jobbed out like a goober at every turn. I mean, at SummerSlam he went to strum his guitar and the neck snapped. Right. <laughs> like, like I was, I was expecting like, like The Rock or somebody to come out and call him a, a jabroni and then, and then rock bottom him or something and interrupt his his concert. But I mean, like he just. Just broke his guitar. It's like yeah, that was what? another that was another one of the awkward endings to a segment. Like <laughs> because <laughs> because after that he sat for a very long time looking disappointed at his. Yeah, he's like, like yeah. There was a like a small part of me is like, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah. and then he just then, walked off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and we're done. Sweet. Okay, and and then I love the fact that the very next night on Raw, he had to be like, by the way, Fender makes a great guitar, because I saw on social media a bunch of people backing on Fender for making a cheap guitar. Oh, that's awesome. That is uh, good. Wrestling, it's neat. <laughs> And while wrestling's neat, sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense, and especially when it comes to face and heel alignment. And we have an issue on both Raw and SmackDown of this. This past Monday, Braun Strowman finally got some backup to the Shield. But uh, he got it from a surprising place. He turned heel and aligned himself with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Jay, does this seem just kind of like a misstep for a lack of a better term yeah i don't really get it i mean i guess if you kind of want to talk in like alignment D terms i kind of feel like 
Braun Strowman is kind of like chaotic neutral. I uh, can see that. And, and that's how I see his character. So I don't really look at him as good or bad. It just so happens the crowd loves him, you know. Um, but I don't think they do anything in particular to make the crowd love him. I think it's just he is awesome. And we like we like his feats of strength. <laughs> yes, and and I think that right there is why I said I think this is a misstep yeah, because yeah. they've been trying to make Roman this you know massive monster who's over and everybody loves him and he's unstoppable and it just isn't working. Well, on the flip side, you have this literal monster in Braun Strowman who started out as a heel. But people liked him anyway to the point where they turned him face. He has a catchphrase that is crazy over, <laughs> and he's white hot. And you would think this is exactly what they're looking for in professional wrestling, this monster baby face that everybody loves, and they turned him heel? Well, because I don't think they want him to be uh, a face, like a true face. I think that would be a mistake, honestly. I, I don't think that's right for his character. If he was going to be aligned... If he was going to be aligned with anything, it, 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 and really, honestly, this is a marriage of convenience right now for Strowman. Because he, unfortunately, he got his butt handed to him by the Shield on the previous Monday Night Raw. But that's what they do. That's the Shield. That's what they do. But also, Strowman tears up groups like mobs of people that is true yes but at the same time i mean the shield are three top guys so. yes i i know so i i, I kind of <laughs> i hate to see like when they did the triple power bomb to him i hate to see braun Strowman being held up and looking helpless because that's just not i don't like see, seeing Strowman that way um so that was frustrating to see so i like that this kind of evens it out a little bit but i'll tell you this as here's the way i look at it as soon as dolph and uh, Drew McIntyre get comfortable with him on the, on their side. He's gonna lay them out too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> they'll pick be... up Dolph Ziggler to beat Drew McIntyre. Yes, with them. yes. There will be some time where they think that they can do something stupid because Strowman's on their side, and he'll be like, "Nope, this this is all you." And then he'll leave them all underneath his massive treads. So that is an interesting way to look at it. Like, not necessarily going full blown heel. He's just kind of. A marriage of convenience, like you said, that yeah. like that that might be the way WWE is going, and I honestly hope so because it doesn't make sense to turn this organic baby face that everybody wants to cheer, turn him heel just so what Roman can get over as yeah. a face. Because yeah. guess what, that ain't gonna happen. No, it's like, not. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> like they cheered when the Shield came out, but did they cheer when Roman came out? He works nope. as a piece of the Shield, and and that's where their his bread and butter is i i really think if they're smart and i have to believe that wwe creative is smart um that what they'll do is they're gonna they're gonna let this play out you know he's like i said he's gonna use mcintyre and ziggler just just basically as like a insurance policy um, against the shield until he can destroy everybody and then they'll move on and i know we're kind of headed towards another conversation and I want to just kind of roll into it talking about Becky Lynch and what's going on with her. You mean Stone Cold Becky Lynch? Yeah, Stone Cold Becky Lynch. Um, I believe that when, you know, maybe maybe WWE was like, oh, we're going to turn her heel and people are going to start booing her and they're going to hate her. But people love it. People loved her, like, getting in Charlotte's face, like, throwing down the gauntlet, holding up that belt. One of the biggest pops at SummerSlam is when she turned on Charlotte and laid her out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, she is an anti-hero right now. And if WWE is smart, they'll keep her that way. She <laughs> yes, does. yes, absolutely. And it like, I hope that WWE does go down that route. Sorry to cut you off, but it's like, oh. like you said, you said something that I want to jump on so perfectly. The SmackDown after SummerSlam, she came out and cut this promo about how the crowd was not behind her and they were cheering Charlotte, which could not be further <laughs> from the truth and and that got bagged online rightfully so i think then cut to this past tuesday she comes out she is this like anti-hero tweener she doesn't talk about how the crowd is stupid for you know like a charlotte and, and and the fans drove her to this no she just goes out there kicks charlotte's ass says i'm gonna get my title back you bitch and then drops the mic like yeah. that right there like, do not touch Becky past that. You have her perfectly, WWE. Yeah. Because we, because we talked in the in the SummerSlam preview show, we did think that it was a possibility that Becky could turn heel in this situation. But we asked the question, like, can Becky get over as a heel versus Charlotte? Because I personally don't buy it, and part of the reason was because. Becky had been working towards this, and I said I thought SummerSlam was going to be that, you know, part where she finally gets over the hump and gets her title back, where then Charlotte gets inserted in, and then hey, guess what? Charlotte wins. So, yeah. like I, WWE, I don't, I don't see how you can make Charlotte a sympathetic heel or face in this situation. No. Like, like I am all behind Becky a hundred and ten percent, and it seems like the crowd is too. Yeah, and I think she's going to ride that wave, and, and then, you know, she's going to do it her way, and maybe she will start coming out in a Becky 316 t-shirt, and <laughs> she can start giving people the stunner and flipping people off, and people love it. People eat it up. She's going to open a can of whooplass. So she can be, you know, have the attitude of a heel, but really she's a face, and, and that's what I think is going to be happening with her, and I really, that's kind of the same thing that I think about Strowman. Um, but in a different way, because I think I think Becky um, really is more of like a face mold. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a funny phrase, but uh, <laughs> and, and I, I think Strowman really is more of a, a heel mode. It's just people love it. So they're a little bit different, but I, I think it's the same kind of thing. They need to WWE needs to let them be pushed kind of organically the way the crowd is pushing them and. Uh, when you were talking about this, one of the things that made me think about was it, it is crazy to me that Roman continues to come out to the ring to like kick off Monday Night Raw with a strap over his shoulder. Everyone's booing him. Well, half the, crowd, the, building. Half the crowd at least is booing him. Um, and he stands there and he's like, you know, I've worked so hard to get here and it just feels good. Why don't you address the fact that everybody hates you? Yeah, like, I, that, that, that is a fair question. Like, he came out and talked about how the Shield were the workhorses of the industry. That's all well and good, but, like, do your ears work, dude? Uh, you, you, Of course, of course he is hearing the reaction of the crowd. He never addresses it to the crowd. Why not? Let him do it. I don't know. That's that's a puzzle to me. It would be it'd be funnier to see him reacting to that. Be little, <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe even coming out and be like, "Come on, guys! I've worked so hard for this." <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, the closest thing we've ever ever gotten from that was uh, when he came out. It was, I think, after a WrestleMania, and he cut the "I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just a good guy." <laughs> yeah. But it's like that's the closest we've ever gotten to that. Yeah. Exactly. But it's, it's still just kind of vague and not really addressing the elephant. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of vague and not addressing the elephant in the room, uh, we have a report uh, that a flash from the past is going to be uh, getting the band back together, so to speak. And it is the day before WWE Evolution. It's the return and the reunion of the NW. <sighs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> They, they announced the NWO2 Suite Tour, which uh, it starts with an auction for the first 100 tickets to a question-and-answer session that'll go down on the 27th of October at a uh, Hogan's Meat Shop store in Orlando, and they're calling this a tour. I mean, like, I, I guess it's cool to see the original NWO back together again, but in 2018, does this do anything for you? Because, like, hey, it's... I'm actually glad this is what it is because I was a little more afraid that they were going to be making appearances and shows and, and we were supposed to be really interested in all of that. I, I don't know. This is kind of a, a nice little let's get the band back together reunion tour, and, and, but but in a way where we can interact with fans and that sort of thing. I, I think it works. I mean, it's fine. If, if they were going to be here at like a third con that was just down the road or something, Fanboy Expo, let's say, I'd probably go go down meet Scott Hall and, uh, and well Scott Hall and Kevin Nash have both uh, yeah. made uh, appearances at Fanboy there in Knoxville I remember uh, seeing pictures of them drinking in uh, Market Square yeah. the night before so yeah. it's not out of the range of possibility so yeah let's let's get them up here um, I'll go talk to Kevin Nash about his days as a Tennessee basketball player yep hashtag BFL I honestly if they were going to do something this, this makes the most sense while it's not super exciting and I'm going to drive down to Orlando for it, um, if it were in my backyard, yeah, I'd go to Okay, well, with the way you frame it, I'm more on board than I was initially. I didn't I didn't think of it as like, well, at least it isn't on WWE television, and it, at least it is, you know, taking the spotlight from Evolution. That is very, that is very good points, and I guess this is okay because, I mean, it's like... Wrestlers, I mean, I even just mentioned Hall and Nash. They show up in Fanboy all the time. It's like my buddy Glenn uh, went to Dragon Con last year. Ric Flair is now pretty much a regular on the convention uh, circuit. So, I mean, it's like, I guess this is just a step. And, like, like it shouldn't be all that outside the realm. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this. And, I mean, I don't know. Just seeing the video they put up just, like, like leaves me with all sorts of apprehension. Because it's like, Kevin Nash still looks great. Kevin Nash looks like... Like, 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 your genes are on point, Big Kev. <laughs> Keep doing whatever you're doing, dude. But then it's like, Hogan, like, like, he seems like the guy that's like, he used to be, you know, hot shit back in high school, and he still lives in that town, and, and he sees a party down the street, and he tells him, like, oh, man, I'm gonna go down there and break up that party, brother. But then he goes and, you know, uh, splits a case of beer with him and tells him about all the shit that he used to do back in the day. Yeah. It just feels like a guy trying to, like, relive the glory. And, oh, by the way, there is still that, you know, racist elephant in the room. Right. Well, you know, conventions are kind of where icons go when icons can't go no more. So. <laughs> by the way, shout out to DragonCon going on right now. I wish I was there. So, uh, Xavier Woods, current WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champion, gave a shout out to DragonCon on SmackDown this past weekend. That's cool. In the opening segment. Yeah, I've actually met Xavier Woods at DragonCon back when he was still at TNA. That's not the 
was he just being an attendee, or was he like one of the celebrity attendees? Uh, he was, a, I guess he was considered a celebrity attendee because DragonCon has a DCW, which is DragonCon Wrestling, every Friday night, and he performed. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so I, this was back when he was in TNA as Consequences Creed, and uh, that was the year that uh, the protesting Beast made his debut, and he told me, Beast, you're the man, so you know. There's that. <laughs> Current WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champion Xavier Woods told me that I'm the man. Whenever you write your memoir or, or whatever biography you want to write on the back of it, that's what you should you should have that as a quote. Shit, that's Just, at the top of my resume. Dude. <laughs> right next to Eric Berry told me that's how you do it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> This is a little awkward. Uh, yes, you did just hear a record scratch, and no, Dolph Ziggler is not going to be coming out. Uh, the reason you heard said record scratch is because uh, the service that I use to record Nearfall Radio decided that Jay's story about what Busta Rhymes told him was just way too hot for podcasting. So they lost that audio of Jay. So unfortunately, we do not have the original ending of the episode we recorded, but I do want to get in here and do our plugs. Uh, be sure to follow Jay on Twitter, twitter.com slash thecruits. Uh, be sure to also subscribe to Monday Morning Monorail in the iTunes store. You can follow him on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Look at me, nailed it on the first try. Uh, be sure to also subscribe to Nerd News Cafe, the podcast that myself, Justin Chris Singer, and Matt Weaver are on. We're approaching our 100th episode, y'all. Like, that's 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 big. I don't care if it's podcasting, television, comic books, newspapers, magazines, hand drawn pictures. I don't know whatever type of format it is. It's impressive that we're going to get our 100th in the can. And then uh, yeah, be sure to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com/landoz. I also have a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Set on your button munch. It works a whole lot better when somebody else is here to say the second part. That is where you can find the exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, aka God Talk, where myself and Hunter Reese have an episode by episode breakdown of season seven of HBO's award-winning series Game of Thrones. Whenever it decides to come back, there's rumors saying it's coming back in 2019, but you know, who knows? That hasn't been confirmed. I know they're shooting it. Uh, I think I saw one fight has taken them 55 nights to shoot, so I'm very, very interested to see what that's going to look like. But uh, that will be for future Hunter and future Landon to talk about. But in the meantime, thank you so much for downloading and listening to Nearfall Radio. Be sure to tell your friends. Uh, remember, we're in the iTunes store. Search Nearfall Radio. Uh, be sure to subscribe and review five stars or GTFO. And until next time, for Justin Kritzinger, my name is Landon Doak. Thank you all very much. Have a good night. Proceeding was a Buttmunch Chips production. For more episodes and information, please visit buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunch Chips. Sit on your butt. And munch.